The reading is taken from Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 to 12. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose, and we have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all of Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem, in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least amongst the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time that the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me, so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. They opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. This is the word of the Lord. Well, good morning, everybody. If I can add my own welcome to that, that Adam gave. My name's Jonathan G. I'm the vicar here. It is my privilege to be uh, helping us think about the visit of the Magi or the wise men. And to help us think, I've got a bowl full of chocolate coins here, gold coins. Uh, and maybe I have the attention of some of the younger people just because of pure bribery for a bit. But it's a good tactic sometimes. Uh, we, had, we had loads of these on Christmas Day. We didn't quite manage to give them all out. And they wound up in my vestry through there. And I thought it would be better if I didn't eat them all. So I'm going to ask various questions. If someone would like to help me with chocolate money, then all you've got to do is listen up and answer the questions as they come. So we're thinking about the visit of the Magi to Jesus. Who knows any other names that we give to these magi? Who can think of any other? Who we say, these people, these picture, these picture here, who are these people who are travelling to see Jesus? Who who are they? Who are they? 
Three wise men, brilliant. Well, you've got three wise boys in your family here, so I'll give you a coin for each one. There you are, for your brothers, well done. Uh, the three wise men, or the magi, or sometimes the three kings, actually, we're not entirely sure that there were three of them. Uh, back in... Uh, Back in some sort of tradition, somewhere between 500 and 1,000, uh, people in the Western Church decided there were three and made up names for them, Caspar and Melchior and Balthazar, apparently. Though in the Eastern Church, they reckon there were 12 wise men because um, the, the Bible just says there were wise men. We have no idea how many there were. There are at least two. There may have been 25. We don't know. But what we do know is that they brought three gifts. So who can tell me what gifts they brought with them? Let's have one gift. So tell me one of the gifts. Gold. Here we are. Now you've got two sisters as well, haven't you? So we'll give you three. One for you and your sister as well. Who else can tell me? Gold was one. Here's a picture of some gold. We don't know quite what the gold would look. It might have been gold treasures like this. I doubt it was solid gold bars like you get in bank vaults, but you never know what it was. They brought some gold. What else did they bring over there? Shout it out loudly, all of you. What did you say? Frankincense. Here we are. I think you were all shouting loudly, so we have lots of gold coins coming here. Here we are. There are... There's one of you there, and I think you were shouting as well, weren't you, frankincense? And frankincense here. No, frankincense. Who knows what frankincense is? I heard one children say, bring something with a gift and say, and Frank sent this. <laughs> that was about all the sense they can make. But who knows what frankincense is? Anybody know? There's a clue on the screens. <laughs> Anybody know what frankincense is? Go on. What do you think it is? Like a perfume, a sort of incense, strangely. Um, there we are. So we're doing siblings, aren't we? So we give two there. One. Um, so frankincense was burnt in the temple uh, as a sign of prayer. The idea was this sweet-smelling smoke would go up to God, and it was a picture of the way our prayers go up to God. Uh, so that's where frankincense was there used in the temple. Uh, and what was the other gift that was brought? I'm going to go right to the back. Nathan wants one as well. Nathan, you can have one anyway. But I'm still going to the back, because the last shall be first. Percy. What was the other gift? Myrrh. Very good. Do you know what myrrh is? A sort of, it can be an oil. That's a good, it can be an oil. It comes in all sorts of forms. There, look on the screen. It can come as, as a solid, and it can be pushed into an oil. Uh, and it was used for anointing different people at different stages. Uh, so let's just think about why they brought these gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. Who knows why they might... Well, before we think about that, Jesus was possibly a toddler of one, one and a half. Herod found out from the wise men uh, as they'd been coming, and he said he wanted to worship him. He didn't. He wanted to kill Jesus. It was horrible. And he wants to kill all the children who were under two. So it's possible Jesus was between 1 and 18 months by now in the house. Who has got boys in their house of the age of sort of one, one and a half, uh, and who can tell me what Christmas presents they got? We got so we've got lots of boys over here. Christmas presents for boys, age, age. what do you reckon? Good, good Christmas. What was a good Christmas present for you, James? Did someone give you gold or frankincense or myrrh? No. What did they give you? 
Playmobil. You see, now Playmobil is a great present for a young boy. There we go. As are chocolate coins. You would expect, if you were being presents, bringing presents for a young boy, who was perhaps one or eighteen months, Playmobil or something like. Who else got? Pro- what did you get for Christmas? A jet pad. That sounds amazing. Would you like? Oh, you better have one for your sister as well here, hadn't you? So we don't want sibling problems and squabbles in church. Save that for later. So you would expect them to bring presents that would be uh, good for Jesus to play with. But they bring these presents of gold and frankincense and myrrh. We've got a picture of how they might have looked. If we can go to the pit. There we are. So there's three little caskets with some gold in one and some incense in another that could burn to make the sweet-smelling smoke and some myrrh that could be ground down into an oil. Uh, And the reason they gave them seems to have been for their symbolic value. Uh, Who deserves gold? Who who deserves gold? Avril thinks she deserves gold. All right, here we are. There we go, Avril, you can have some gold. Uh, who, Who deserves gold? Who should we give gold to? Who hasn't, who, who are we looking around for? Who deserves, ah, here we go. Who deserves gold? Who has the most gold? Sam, you're brilliant. Dr. Sam knows that kings have gold, but there's one for everybody around you. There we are. So we, gold is there because kings have the gold. And the gold for Jesus represents the fact that he is the king of kings and the lord of lords. He is the great one. So while Jesus couldn't have played with it very effectively, or he might have done if it was a bangle, who knows, uh, it represents the fact that he was God. He's the king of kings and lord of lords. We give him... Who can remember where frankincense was used? I told you a minute ago. Who can remember where frankincense was used? It was burnt somewhere to represent something. Who can remember? Who can remember? It looks like Jasmine is the only one in church with a memory. Where was it burnt? In some churches, particularly in the temple, but that's close enough. We'll give you one of those. There we go. In the... It was burnt there to represent prayer as a sweet-smelling smoke. And some churches still use that as a symbol of our prayers going up to God. This frankincense is a symbol that Jesus was God. He's the one we bring our prayers to. It's a very powerful symbol. This baby is one who was God. Uh, King Herod knew that the wise men were going to worship him. He pretended he wanted to worship. It's God that we worship. So that's gold and frankincense and myrrh. Who knows what myrrh was used for? Anybody know what myrrh was used for? Goodness me, Oscar, you are advanced. What was it? To anoint. Your mummy's got it absolutely right. So we give one for mummy as well. Here we go. It was, they used myrrh to anoint folks after they died. Uh, so myrrh is there as a picture of the fact that Jesus had come to die. The sweet-smelling myrrh was used to anoint his body when he died. That is a really bizarre gift to give to a toddler. Uh, apart from the fact that Jesus was God, he is God, he's the king of kings, he deserves our gold. Uh, he's God, we pray to him, uh, he listens to our prayers, he came to die for us. Uh, now, there are various Christmas card jokes going around. That I had one a few years ago that said, what would have happened if it had been the wise women that came rather than the wise men? 
and the cards say they would have arrived on time, they would have asked for directions and got there on time, they would have cleaned out the stable and brought something useful, like a casserole, probably, that would have been <laughs> really useful at the time. And they probably would have done. And I was thinking, well, these gifts, what possible use could they have had for Joseph and Mary and Jesus? But of course, we know that just after the wise men visited, God spoke to them in a dream and said, flee quickly, Herod wants to kill the child. They would have, and they fled in the night to Egypt. They wouldn't have had much, and they had these valuable gifts. My guess, I can't prove this to you, but my guess is that Joseph sold these gifts to be able to set himself up as a carpenter in Egypt, and he had some valuable stuff that was given to him so they could make their livelihood for a couple of years before they came back. I don't know. Uh, what we do know is the symbolism points us to the fact that Jesus was king of kings, he, was, he is God, and he came to die for us. Now, I'm going to split the talk halfway here, and we're going to sing an old carol we haven't sung in church for ages. Ross and I were planning this service and the songs about a week or two before Christmas, and we knew we weren't going to sing any carols last time. But I, he said, what are you doing? I said, well, we're thinking about the three kings, the wise men, or the 24 wise men and their three gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. So we're going to sing today, church, give it your best, we three kings from Orientar with the verses of gold and frankincense and myrrh. And the words are great. Let's enjoy it. Well done. Well done, everybody. Do have a seat. I absolve everybody for alternative words you are humming in your heads at different points in the chorus there. <laughs> I know you were, yeah. So... Uh, the wise men followed this amazing star. What was that we sang? Guide us to thy perfect light. There was something about this star. They were looking for someone special. And it seems that at the time, this bright star represented the king of the Jews and a whole new age. Uh, the astrologers would say it was a conjunction of Jupiter and Saturn in the area of the sky called Pisces. They would have, in their language, here was a king born to the Jews in a new era, and they pursued him. It would have taken a long time, their journey, their treasures, finding the right place. And a question I've got for everybody at the start of this new year is what are you prepared to do to pursue your relationship with Jesus this year? It cost the wise men not just their treasures, but an enormous amount of time and energy to go and find out. Uh, a word to anybody who's not sure about the whole Christian faith. You may be here thinking, well, this may be true. I'm not quite sure. We'd love to invite you to take the time and make the effort to find out the truth that we believe. Uh, the best way we know how to do that is our Alpha course, on, which will be on Thursday evenings after half term. You might want to put that in your diary now. You don't have to wait till then. You're welcome to come and ask at any point, and we can give you things to read and talk with. But it will take effort. You won't find out unless you look. There'll be many here who have got to the point of thinking, you know, I know this is true, and I'm part of the church, but you may not have quite got to the point of bowing your knee to Jesus as your Lord. Uh, this is the way we're made by God to live with him as our God. The gold represents giving him as the King of Kings our very best. Uh, and we've got a confirmation service coming up in March for those who would really like to confirm their baptism vows. We'll also be doing some baptism services for folks who haven't been baptized. So if you are committed to Jesus as Lord, 
or you think you are and you just want to really tease that out before you make those vows, I'd love to hear from you uh, starting not this Tuesday but the following one. I'm going to be doing some evenings for folks who perhaps have done Alpha or know they've, they want to follow Jesus. But before they make the promises, their baptism vows or confirmation vows, we'll think that through. Uh, you may want to do that. But of course, once we've got to the point of knowing Jesus, he is so wonderful, we want to tell the whole world about him. And this is where the word epiphany comes in. It's a strange word. Today is known as the Feast of the Epiphany. Epiphany is when we think about the wise men. Can we actually put up the picture of the men, the camels? Let's put up that one. Uh, epiphany means... Well, does anybody know what epiphany means? Anybody know what epiphany... You deserve a whole load of my chocolate coins. Angela, showing, very good. Ruth, can you take a whole load of chocolate coins for Angela there? Very good. Uh, Lewis needs them. His doctor always tells him he needs to eat more cakes and chocolate. So there you go. Um, it means showing. God shows by his light something of himself to others or appearing or showing. And the point of the epiphany is that it wasn't just to the Jews that God came. The wise men came from the east. They came from somewhere around Babylon or Baghdad, Persia area. Uh, they were looking and God cared for them uh, miles, hundreds of miles away, maybe even thousand miles away. God cares for people all over the world. And in this church, we have mission partners all around the world because God cares for the whole world. And as we pray for them, we're enriched by them as well. So we've got two interviews now uh, relating to people in different parts of the world. So first of all, Mike, could you come and join me up the front? This is Mike Atkins. Mike and Lyndon have been part of our church for a long time. Let's give him a round of applause just for being here. Mike and Lyndon were called to go to Tenerife and serve a church there. Is that right? Hard life. A hard life. Someone has to. So you're, they're half the time back in England and half in Tenerife. But it's not about Mike and Lyndon we're asking. We have mission partners Marcus and Claire Werfel in Argentina. Many of you will remember them uh, from the summer when they were here. Uh, Mike's put together a nice map because we sent Mike out to Marcus and Claire to check out the prospect for building a better church building for them. This is their vision. Uh, they've planted a church in Concordia in Argentina. So Argentina is the little yellow bit there on the left-hand map. And actually, it's quite a big country. And uh, that red ring is ringing Buenos Aires. And Concordia, where they live, is about six hours. Six hours. Six hours north. Six hours north. So they're there, and they've planted a small church. And they want to develop it. And we thought, we need to find out about this. So we asked Mike to go, who speaks some Spanish, who is an architect, and who had some time. <laughs> so how much arm twisting did you need for us to send you? Well, so trying to hide away in Tenerife, I, I suddenly received an email. Um, I, I realised it was God-driven, so I, I said yes. Um, for other reasons, we had to come back early uh, in November to, to Leamington Spa, and that was the best time. And best place to, to sort out going to Argentina. So I went, <coughs> went out to Argentina. Luckily, we'd been here also in the summer, and we'd been where you're sitting now, listening to Marcos and Claire when they were being interviewed similarly by Jonathan. So you went out there. We've got a picture of Marcus and Claire and their family. If we can put up the picture. There we are. 
So, and Mike in there. So, can you remember what their children are called, Mike? <laughs> their children, the three children are called um, Lucas, who is the, the middle one, Oliver, who is the smaller, and Ms. Marisol. Maris. Marisol, that's right. Between us, I thought we'd get there. So, Marcus and Claire and their three children, this is their home where they live in. That's where they live in, in Concordia. But we didn't send you to help them build their home, it was the church. So, tell us about the church building. We've got a picture of it here. The church, the church building doesn't look like a church as we know it. It has a, a very good presence. In fact, it's in the second largest plaza in Concordia. It has a very... Uh, uh, so that's of, the frontage of the yeah, church. French architectural, 100-year-old presence. Uh, but the, and we've got the, a picture of the plaza as well, have we? Yes, street view there of the plaza. There we go. Plaza, yeah. So, so it's, a good, it's a good place for the church to it's, be. It's an excellent place. Um, it has a good presence in Concordia. So it's worth helping them develop the church building there. Absolutely, yes. And what needs to happen to it? Well, at present, they walk through that, that building, which is quite a long, as long as this church, to another courtyard at the back, then up some stairs to a rear building and up in a first floor room and that's where they have their church meetings so how many there's a picture of the church version they how can, many folks can they get in they can squeeze 60 in there okay but they are a growing church and they're wanting to build a church of two or three hundred that's right yes so in your opinion this is doable absolutely yes i did meet with um, a builder and an architect while i was over there um, and i've taken on the, the role of being the architectural consultant for them and for this church and on your behalf to, to make sure that uh, nothing is wasted and that the best value for money can be achieved. Brilliant. So what we're, we don't quite know the time scale of this, do we? It's the plans have to be sorted out. It's, it's probably uh, mid to middle of the year, maybe in the autumn when this will begin. begin. So what we're hoping to do is that at some point later in this year, when we know a bit more about the detail of the plans, to have a gift day for Marcus and Claire to help them sort out this building so the church can really be established there for the generations ahead. Yes, indeed, yes. But we don't yet know the timescale. It may move very quickly, it may move very slowly, but we thought we ought to do this while we had Mike here with us. They, they did have a, an event this, this Christmas, which they do every year, which was the Sunday before uh, Christmas Eve, and the the place that they have just wasn't sufficient, so they held it in a hall in a local hotel. They had 200 people there, and half of them were not Christian. So they, they're really outreaching into a, a very Catholicized, colonialized, Spanish, almost impenetrable um, a town, and they're really attracting a lot of people. It feels like it's the right time, like it did when we did our redevelopment. Can we give Mike a huge round of applause? It's lovely to have you back. And we'll just pause, take this idea of epiphany as the light to the Gentiles, the light to the world. We thought about the wise men from miles away coming to Jesus. Uh, Marcus and Claire, miles away to the southwest of us, thousands of miles. Let's just be really still and we'll pray blessing on them. We pray, Lord Jesus, that you would shine with your light in Concordia in Argentina for Marcus and Claire and the children and the church family there. Thank you for Mike here working on our behalf, liaising with them. Thank you for Juan the Builder out there and the others involved. And we pray that your plans will come together in your perfect time and you'll lead us to a gift day at a right time to support them. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. 
Now we're going to think a bit further to another part of the world, and Ruth and Josh are going to do this bit. So this is my friend Josh here. And this is someone now who Josh, works at the church, Ruth. So yeah. No, so Josh, you've been in this church for a while, haven't you? How how are we when you first came here? I was ten days when we moved to Leamington. So that's, that's eighteen quite, years ago now. Yeah, it's quite a long time, isn't yeah. it? So you've decided that now's probably a good time to go and yeah, do something else. A few you? years too yeah. late, but you, I better get out. Oh, well, yeah. Okay. So um, and you're off to where? I'm off to if we stick the map up, John. No prizes for guessing. I'm off to Canada. Uh, which That's is, quite a long way. It's quite Canada. a long way. But not as far as your brother Timmy went, I don't think. Not quite. Not quite, no. Not quite. Anyway, so you're off to Canada, and where, I think specifically... Yeah, so um, I'm going to be spending five months out there. So for the first three months, I'm going to be in, in that little purple marker in a little town called Herbert, of about 800 people in remote Saskatchewan. So middle of nowhere, really. <laughs> and when are you going? And I want the exact... I fly on Wednesday, the which 9th of is? January. How many hours and days? Because you've been oh, counting this for weeks, um, haven't you? Well, it would be 72 hours and 40 minutes now. Excellent. Well done. Yeah. <laughs> Gatwick North Terminal. <laughs> you've got a timer on your, on your phone, haven't you? Yeah, I yeah. do. <laughs> Not that you're keen to go or anything, no. So, um, so you're flying off on Wednesday yeah. from Gatwick. Yeah. And you're going to be away for five months. And I think we've got a little clip, video clip, of some of the things you might be getting up yeah. to. Yeah, it's like 50,000 minutes long. So if you just take like, the first minute or so on, that'd be ideal. We'll have a quick look at this then. I really thought I knew who I was and whose I was, um, but learning what I've learned, there's like this whole, there's this whole other aspect to walking in identity that I'd never really known about. So um, I can't see what attracted you to that yeah. at all, Josh. Can dull, you explain what exactly, apart from snowball fights, you're yeah. going to be doing a bit more? So, yeah, so for the first three months, I'm going to be living in a house with 15 other people. So 11 of us kind of on a gap year and some leaders. And it's um, what they call intensive discipleship training. So leadership training, spending a lot of time in the Bible, in worship, mentoring, all that jazz. It's going to be good. And then, and then after that, you go. After that, we head up to the Blue Dot, which is miles into the Arctic, which is going to be freezing, um, to, to work on mission for two months with a First Nations community. So that's kind of running church, practical projects, working in the schools. Um, yeah. So it's a big deal. Yeah, it and is. you're ready for five months. Yes. So um, I gather you've got more or less everything you need, haven't you? Except for a flight home. Yeah. So if you'd like to see my beautiful face again, Please do give me some money apparently so I can get Apparently your mum wants you back. Yeah, apparently, apparently so. so. I'm yeah. not sure the vicar's so sure. No, no, no. You were sounding quite keen this morning. So um, we have a lot of cake, don't we? Yes. At the um, back. You'll be pleased to know the there's not much of my own work because that would not be a blessing no. to anyone. But we know you haven't eaten much recently, so we thought we'd give you some cake. But there are donations for the cake if you feel so led. Yes. And that would help to get Josh back into Britain at some <laughs> point, wouldn't it? That would be great, wouldn't yes. it? What else can we pray for? Yeah, prayer would be incredible. So firstly for safety uh, not only in terms of flying out there but as you've seen 
there's, you know, high chance of injury, high, high injury rate from sole edges in the past. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so for safety, then also for good relationships with the other people there. So there's going to be 15 of us living in the house of whom I've met one of them. So it could be a nice, quick getting to know them process. Relationships yeah. and, and, and you'd then you'd learn loads. Yeah, the last one would just be that I'd be really able to be open with them and more so open with God and that he'd just, yeah, work in incredible ways. That'd be cool. And how can we keep in touch with you while you're away? It's an excellent question, actually. That's it, I know. <laughs> I will, at some point, do a blog letter-esque thing. Thing. Literature thing. Thing. And I will... We'll let you, should we let yeah. them know that? Yeah. For the weekly email that Jan yeah. sends out? Yeah, yeah, why not? We'll do that. When it happens. Yes. Sometime before you come back. Yeah, ideally. Yeah, that would be ideal. <laughs> yeah. So, right. So, what we're going to do now is we're going to pray for Josh. So, if you feel so disposed and you want to hold your hand out in blessing to Josh, that would be great. But let's just pray for him now as he goes. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for this young man. Thank you for all that we've seen of growth in him over the years. Thank you for all that you've gifted him with. And thank you that he wants to go out and learn more of you and serve you in Canada. We pray that these five months would be a really forming time for him, that he would learn more and more of you, that he would grow deeper in you, that he would mature in his relationship with you. Lord, that you'd keep him safe and that you'd help him to learn exactly what it is you want him to learn. We pray that he'd settle well. The flights would go well. The travel would go well. Lord, that he would make good relationships with the people he's working with. And Lord, we pray that when he comes back, we would see a great um, confidence, renewed confidence in you and in himself. Um, and that he would be full of stories to tell us of what he's got up to. And we pray too for his mum and dad as they um, say goodbye to him, that they would just uh, know your presence with them too. In your name. Amen. I'm back to dad now. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> Pray for mum especially, he says. Uh, yes, as, jo as Josh's parents, thank you uh, for all of you who played a part in bringing Josh up in the family of the church, the children and the young people and the music and all the other ways. Uh, do pray for us. It's our empty nest point after 28 years of children at home. So we're both uh, excited about that and, and sad about that. Uh, but the life changes come for all of us. We're going to sing again in a moment the song Shine. Epiphany is about God shining his light and opening eyes. We pray in Concordia in South America. We pray in Saskatchewan in Canada, in Herbert and in Pelican Narrows there. We pray out in the Middle East. And we pray here in Leamington too. This is the prime mission place God has put us. Uh, so let's pray that we would shine with God's light as his individuals, as families, as church family in our schools and in our workplaces and streets. Uh, who's going to come and do some actions for shine? Who's, who's, who's good at actions for shine? Come on, here we go. We need some Who's good at... Come on, come on help with actions for shine. Uh, we need some more actions. Would you like Adam to do the actions today? Yes, come on then, Adam. Oh, no, okay. He has actually done his back in, so we'll save that for another time. But we'll find it. We'll let him off today. So pray for his back so he can come and do the actions. But we've got a fine team of children here. Let's stand and we'll sing Shine.